Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to A Good Football Show, Week 14, Waiver Wire Edition. My name is Pat Crane. I'm joined by John Daigle of NBCSportsEdge.com. Daigle, how's it going? Getting cold everywhere, even in Texas this week. It's stout beer season for that time of year. The last bye weeks of the 2021 regular season as well. I have scoured through available players, and there are no good running backs left on the waiver wire. None. We're not even going to talk about any. Literally none. Uh, everyone's injured. But I think we're saving you, at least in your flex, wide receiver three spot. There are a handful of good receivers still available if you're in leagues where you're allowed to pick players up. Yeah, I think there might be maybe some deep cut names to mention at running back or at least one. But you're right. It's uh, it's down to the wide receivers. And it's really just about, you know, filling in for what you need heading into, you know, this might be the last waiver wire run of the year in some leagues. Um, you know, it's all about what you need in the fantasy playoffs. So. Uh, let's get started with the the big wide receivers. I think the guys be you know ahead of the deep cuts. We can kind of tackle all at once. Russell Gage, KJ Osborne, MVS. How do you view these wide receivers who are kind of the cream of the crop uh, of the wide receiver flex options this week? Russell Gage's short term spot is somewhat concerning against a strong Panthers defense that can still rush the passer with ease. That of course was Ryan's bugaboo this past week against the Bucks. Eleven quarterback hits, five sacks, and that's why they just couldn't sustain any drives or production. Three of those five sacks he took actually were on third down. I believe I told you in the recap show. Nonetheless, Gage is still producing a floor without Calvin Ridley. Now 7.6 targets per game in those last five games without Ridley. Uh, and it's actually delivered on those targets with receptions. So that's what we're kind of honing in on here. Recalling this matchup earlier this year as well, if you're just thinking about, okay, do I pick up Gage or is Pitts going to finally do something this week? Uh, this is the same matchup where Stephon Gilmore asked for Pitts the last time they played and just shut him down for two catches and 13 yards. So another week where I'm not expecting Pitts to do anything at all, and uh, I will just take Gage in this matchup if you need a floor option due to four teams being on by. Yeah, Gage, I was looking at the schedule coming up. They get the 49ers the following week. They get the Lions in week 16, uh, which, you know, potentially the first, if you got one of those two-week fantasy championships, that would be the first of those two weeks. You know, very important. It's the semifinals, you know, in, in regular leagues. That is a pretty nice matchup, so he could be usable there. But then they get the Bills don't they, in week 17. Don't they get the Jets well, or is it the Lions? It's the Lions. The Lions is the, okay. the cupcake okay. matchup. Yeah, the, they close the with the Bills. The Lions and Jets are always on my radar. 
Yes, as they should be. How are you viewing KJ Osborne with Adam Thielen now hurt? So that's why Gage, in my opinion, should be ranked higher than Osborne, even though if you are only trying to fill in for a buy this week, again, the last buy four teams, then maybe like Osborne's the one you go after since we are expecting Thielen to sit this game. A short turnaround for the Vikings and Steelers. And Thielen left after six snaps with an ankle sprain. Uh, Osborne then proceeded to play the next 70 snaps alongside Justin Jefferson as the clear-cut every down wide receiver two, running a route on 44 Kirk Cousins, 47 dropbacks, and registering seven targets for a 17% share, including 10 and two, not 10, 10 would be amazing, two end zone targets, as many as Justin Jefferson in that game. So Osborne, I think, is your terrific short-term fill-in. We like that game from the Steelers and Ravens to go over since the Steelers defense is highly overrated. Uh, it's the same thing here, except hopefully we get better quarterback play from Kirk Cousins than we have from Lamar Jackson, not only last week, but the past month. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, and Osborne flashed at the beginning of the year and then really cooled off. Um, but it, to me, the big question is, and we saw it last week with a couple end zone targets, like you mentioned, but does he get that Adam Thielen inside the 10 yard line type of role? Because that's really what's driven Thielen's, you know, pretty strong value throughout the throughout the whole season. So if some of that goes to him, you know, I think if if you're in a shallower league and uh, Conklin is available, you know, he's definitely pretty interesting too. Is a yep. again, you're just kind of trying to figure out where those touchdowns go. Um, probably not someone I'd be looking to start like this week, I guess. But I mean then, you know, we don't really know if Adam Thielen's going to end up missing multiple games. But that's another guy to keep in mind uh, as well, I think. Absolutely. Uh, Conklin should probably be on par with Noah Fan Kyle Pitts, as ugly as that is, honestly. Like the same guys just running every route, playing yeah. snaps. Um, like they're all there's, – there's literally seven of them in that bulk that you can't just choose between. At least like in playing – not myself, of course. Otherwise, we'd be talking about it today. And playing Goddard and George Kittle in DFS this past Sunday, uh, at least everyone had a reason because the rates were there. Um, yeah. the ceiling rates were there for target shares and routes run. These other guys exactly. are just doing the same thing every week. Yeah, those those two guys are, are guys where you just need the offense to expand, and then it's there. Yeah. And, um, and Pitts, I mean, I'm actually a little bit more bullish on Pitts than you are, I think. He's been actually pretty efficient on a per-route basis, on uh, 1.83 yards per route run this season, which is pretty good for a rookie full stop, and it's very good for a rookie tight end. So uh, I'm a little bit more bullish on him, but I think totally fair to compare Conklin to Fant, and Pitts isn't that far ahead. Um, uh, Pitts, one red zone target without Calvin Ridley is pretty atrocious, and I don't blame it, it on him. Atrocious. I don't blame it on him. I'm just saying, like, What's to make me believe the coaches will ever figure out how to use them? I, not this year, anyways. We'll be fine next year. But this year, um, I think the dream has pretty much sailed. Well, you know, it's a long tradition in Atlanta to to find a star and then never target him in the end zone. So uh, they're just continuing that <laughs> now that Julio Jones is in Tennessee. That's very true, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk MVS. Uh, Randall Cobb was injured in Week 12. That opened up a lot of opportunity for MVS in the second half. I don't believe he was really all that involved in the first half with Alan Lazard back, but then the previous week he was very involved with Alan Lazard out. So it feels like once this target tree condenses a little bit, MVS is very valuable. Uh, I don't have a clear picture on when Randall Cobb is going to be back um, or if we'll be back this week. We need an update heading into week 14. But, you know, MVS has really flashed and, and shown a ceiling, unlike uh, the other two guys. And I guess Gage has shown somewhat of a ceiling, but MVS I think has the highest ceiling when it when it all lines up. 
they didn't have an update on Randall Cobb over the bye. Like you said, hopefully we get that. It didn't sound quite bad, though, so we'll see what happens. But we do know Alan Lazard came back in that last game for the bye. And MVS still nine targets as they're locked in number two receiver for the Packers and 19 over his last two games now. Uh, and to couple that average with a 19 depth of target in that span, like that's the kind of usage we're talking mm-hmm. about. That's what we want from our deep explosive receivers. And the Packers have a soft passing matchup to close the year against the Ravens, Browns, Vikings, Lions beyond this week as well. And so whatever the case of the Cobb, like Valdez Scanlon, if that usage sticks, he's far and away the better option with a higher ceiling than Russell Gage as well long-term. Yeah, and he's kind of like one guy who's like nicked up away. And it doesn't – the interesting thing with the Cobb injury is that we already saw how much his his role grew with Alan Lazard out to see it grow with Cobb out again. You know, it's like he's got a couple outs to uh, to having that role expand. So that's, that's mm-hmm. nice to see. And you could easily see yourself plugging him in for, you know, week 15, week 16, week 17 down the line if, if something else pops up. So I think he's good to have on rosters. I'd probably rather have him than Osborne unless I really needed a spot start this week. Yep, I'll be going MBS, Gage, Osborne in that order. I, I do think Osborne is a, is a great one-week starter, though. Um, perhaps if we get more word on Thielen's injury as the week goes along here, but it does sound like he's even trying to play on Thursday. I don't think he will. But it sounds like he's at least trying, which tells us he's probably like only the shortest amount of time away possible and just going to return the following week. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Let's talk deep cuts. Who you got? Got a few. So stop me if we go on here. These will be the highlights of the waiver column this week. Um, but everyone has been asking about a skeleton key defense stash for the fantasy playoffs. <laughs> and it's been impossible to answer even in my weekly chats because so many things change on a week-to-week basis in the 2021 NL season. And even when you look at them, no available defenses really overlap favorably. Uh, however, we do have one now. And that is the Dolphins of Miami, who are on bye this week and then close the year against Zach Wilson, Taysom Hill, or Trevor Simeon, however the injury goes for Hill, uh, Ryan <laughs> Tannehill, so likely without A.J. Brown on a short week, and then the Patriots if your league is full of sickos and plays into Week 18. So with the Dolphins on bye this week after a good matchup against the Giants, um, hopefully your league mates, if they have them, pick them up for the Giants, drop them, because this is the kind of year you should be stashing two or three defenses if the matchups align anyhow. And the Dolphins, in my opinion, are the best defense to have for the fantasy playoffs. So I'm trying to get them everywhere. And that means 
dropping like the guy who actually isn't helping you, but you're scared to drop. Corlin Sutton, LaVisca Chanel, Cole Beasley, the list goes on. Those guys are useless this time of year. You're not going to play them, and if you do, you're probably losing your matchup. So just pick up the wing, yeah. winning defense and go with it. And they don't have contingent value either. So, you know, I think he, like last year you could carry like a Jeff Wilson into the playoffs and and hope that he had that contingent value. I remember we had a conversation with Ben Gretsch about, you know, do you, do you carry Jeff Wilson? Do you carry an extra kicker? That type of thing. And then Jeff Wilson, you know, you see where that type of stash can really hit in a big way. So that's a little bit of a different thing. But those those guys like Visca and Beasley, I totally agree. I mean, they're never going to explode in value. And, you know, Glennon looked completely lost against the Dolphins. They should have had uh, another couple interceptions if, if yeah. things they, – they nearly did. They're impressing me with with their level of play. Uh, who else you got? It, it's all – you know, Jalen Phillips is playing great in the front seven. But really, it's only because uh, Byron Jones and Xavier Howard got healthy. Like, it was that simple. Mm-hmm. Whereas everyone else is trying to get covered to their pass rush. We know the Dolphins' rebuild consisted of paying corners, top corners, top money and playing that way. And they were just banged up the first 10 weeks of the year. Um, over the last month, they've been terrific. And yes, their matchups have been easier, but their matchups stay easy, like we just said. So totally fine. Um, I think they closed the year as fantasy's number one defense and they're available in the majority of leagues. So that's the route we're taking. Um, I think they're going to be league winners. Also, Permar mentions like Jalen Guyton, question mark. Yes, Jalen Guyton was next on my list because Keenan Allen placed on the COVID list with a positive test. And that tells us, as it's told us, throughout the entire year, he's not going to play. No one turns around. Monday, Tuesday, you test positive. You don't play the next week. So I'm not expecting Keenan Allen to play. And we have seen in four career games without Keenan Allen, what basically happens is it becomes the Mike Williams show. Uh, His lines in those four career games, Mike Williams, seven for 76 and two touchdowns, five for 109 and two touchdowns, a four for 40 letdown, and then six for 108 and one score with a 25% target share across those four games. So it's going to be the Mike Williams show. But – and Herbert finally being used properly against the Bengals this last week, going from prior to this week, the lowest depth of target on early downs to the highest depth of target in week 13 on early downs as a downfield passing attack. We know that's where Jalen Guyton gets his targets as a poor man's Marcus Valdez scaling. He's not going to get volume, but he is going to be the deep threat of that team and hopefully spike one or two. So Jalen Guyton would be the fill-in available on waiver wires and deep leagues in place of Keenan Allen. Last year, what we saw was that Guyton continued doing his thing and um, Tyron Johnson played a lot. So I wonder if there's a third receiver here that like... It would be Josh Palmer, who starts every Josh game. Josh Palmer, yeah. But also like NBA DFS players know back in you know my day where I used to play cash every night when I had time. Uh, there are always like centers in the league who play eight minutes and then can't go anymore. And so they start the first and second half, get pulled, and then don't play again throughout the halves. And uh, that's Josh Palmer. Josh Palmer starts every game. Doesn't matter. He never runs more routes than Jalen Guyton. (laughs) Jalen Guyton always comes in for him afterwards. Like, it's just obligatory. So someone tweets about it, like a reporter. Oh, Josh Palmer's a starting number three receiver. No, he's not. Like, he is technically, but he's never going to play more than Jalen Guyton. So I'm actually, like, not worried about Josh Palmer whatsoever. Well, Jalen Guyton is also never targeted. So I actually That's do. why pre- this is a deep league session and not a priority pickup. <laughs> for your for your showdowns, uh, which I don't play, disclaimer, keep keep Josh Palmer in mind. <laughs> um Laquan Treadwell, speaking of someone who somewhat earns targets, I guess, uh, has led the targets, led the Jaguars in targets the past two weeks without Jamal Agnew. Uh not a ceiling option, but more reliable than Visca Chanel if for some reason he's still on your team. So Here's LeCon Sherbell as the Jaguars' leading target receiver if you want that. Uh, Peyton Barber, because Kenyon Drake's out for the year. 
Jalen Richard on COVID list. We don't know when he's going to be back. I don't expect Peyton Barber to have a role whatsoever, but Josh Jacobs has already battled six or seven injuries this year. He's perpetually injured. Who knows what's going to happen? So just a good stash to have just in case even Jalen Richard's illness lingers and thus Jacobs gets injured. Here we are with Peyton Barber. So definitely picking him up just in case. John Bates, we've been down this road before. Logan Thomas, maybe not out for the year, but still a significant injury, so not expecting to have him back for fantasy purposes at all for the remainder of the season. And uh, Washington, just as they proved to us, they just played their tight end, whoever's available, whoever started on 100% of the snaps and fully healthy. It was Logan Thomas at one point, then he got injured, then it was Ricky Seals-Jones, and he got injured, and it was John Bates. It'll be John Bates again. So strictly an every-down option if you are grasping for that. I don't know on an update on Jawan Johnson, but he did start the game strong. Remember, a converted wide receiver who's playing tight end, 27-yard catch on Thanksgiving, suffered a concussion, not sure about his status for this week. But if he's out, again, super deep leagues, Nick Vanette and Garrett Griffin are the only tight ends remaining. Uh, Nick Vanette would at least be running the most routes among that team. And without Deontay Harris now, there's just nowhere else to throw. So I would consider Vanette like O'Shaughnessy, and he's going to see, in my opinion, like four to six targets. What he does with those like O'Shaughnessy having 13 yards, that's not on me. That's on you for starting him. But uh, I expect him <laughs> to at least be involved in routes run and seeing a handful of targets. Yeah. The stash among the running backs that are useful, you were probably talking about, is Godwin Igwebuke because I think one of the most shocking usages from this past week was Jamal Williams being a part-time player. Like 47% of the snaps see one of four running back targets, and – for Iguibuque to run 26 routes to Jamal Williams' nine, that was shocking to see that number. And it was the nut game script. Uh, they had a 20-6 first-half lead, and they still just didn't use Jamal Williams at all as a pass-catching back. Like, Iguibuque basically took DeAndre Swift's role. Now, he had three touches. Again, this is deep leagues. This is for stashes. Iguibuque does not have, like, a significant role where you want to start him. But he's there since we expect DeAndre Swift to be out an extended time. And just in case Jamal Swift... Um, either gets or Jamal Williams either gets injured or the Lions go into negative game script. Of course, it didn't happen against the Vikings because the Vikings, they have to play six point games no matter what they do every week. But if they get a negative game script, that would be Godwin's role. Remember that without AJ Brown, Julio Jones, who was activated, he had his practice 21 day practice window activated. We've seen that doesn't mean they turn around at all. It could be another three weeks before we see him without Marcus Johnson, Nick Westbrook, a kind was the team's leading receiver against the Patriots. Now Tannehill threw for 91 yards, um, but this isn't a much easier matchup because the Jaguars at least. So uh, Westbrook Keen, we expect to lead the team in receiving for whatever that's worth. I actually think it might be worth something this week. He, he, that's an interesting spot start, um, I think, as well, just because the Jaguars are so bad. And that's how you beat the Jaguars. You beat them through the air. So I like that one. Kenneth Gainwell is the guy I just wanted to mention. Um, yep. I think we talked about him last week but certainly want to pick him up if, if he's available anywhere because got 38% snap share last week, 33% of the attempts. And uh, Boston Scott did play. He had 4% of the snaps, did not get a touch, battling an illness, but he also did have a fumble at the end of week 12, which kind of cost him the game. It was one of those things where it didn't really cost them the game because they shouldn't have been behind in the first place, but they're on that final drive. And, you know, they're, they're kind of, making some progress he fumbles the ball away they get one drive left but there's only like 20 seconds left so it was a absolutely crushing fumble and then his roll dries up when he was active 
you know, so who knows how much of it was the illness, but it could be some coaching decision here to have Gainwell well, ahead of him now. Miles Sanders had an ankle injury to the game. I, I don't know if it was significant, though. I wonder if it was just game script. Um, they look up midway through the fourth quarter, and they don't need to play him anymore because they have such a big lead. So, uh, you know, the Eagles are on by this week. So they get 14 days now for Sanders to rest as well. That's why like, I kind of I kind of don't even think – like I think he's just going to be back and be just fine. But, yeah, he's going to be in the column for sure. Well, San- yeah, so Sanders I don't think – I mean, Gainwell's not challenging Sanders, but we've seen a second back get worked in throughout the entire, entirety of the mm-hmm. year. So if that's going to be Gainwell instead of Scott, I mean, that's that's a valuable role uh, to be the 1B there because I, I don't think they're going to just hand it over to Sanders as like a full workhorse mentions of Seattle running backs in the chats. Yeah. Like Rashad Benny had 10 carries, but Adrian Peterson got the goal line role. So uh, again, we, and that was with Alex Collins out. So again, we're just going to keep ignoring them. I mean, we can, we can do this dance every week with DJ Dallas, with Travis Homer, who had a, like a 73 yard, uh, what was it? Return. Um, Adrian Peterson got the goal line carry. Like, it's just like, we're just going to be tasting our tails every week. I think that's right. Yeah. You kind of need a lot of things to break. Right. I mean, Rashad Penny, let will snap, always be nice. They'll have four active every single week. Yeah. Well, I guess you're out there if you have Penny, right, is they they have to – after this week, they're going to bring – so Peterson reverted to the practice squad. Then they can bring him up. But then next week they have to make the decision, right? Aren't they out of practice squad call-ups after Uh, this week? Yeah, you get three times and you have to sign them. But you don't think – like, I mean, they signed Adrian Peterson – They'll I mean, probably sign yeah. him, but they're going to sign. But they might not. I mean, he looks terrible. He looks. It's, I mean, really he scored bad. a touchdown. That's what's still. Yeah. That's what's still so funny about like the Titans running back situation as well. Like, um, you know, Adrian Peterson. You know, he got cut, but while he was on the team, he did outscore Deontay Foreman in fantasy points because like coaches love giving Adrian Peterson goal line yeah. carries. Like he takes all the points away. <laughs> that's because not delivering points himself. That's what's so frustrating. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think, but you know, if you want to stash Penny and hope that Peterson gets cut, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, that's, uh, fine. that's fine. If you want to stash any of Seattle running backs, that's okay, Permar. That's okay, everyone. Yeah. Also, we're being told by our producer that the NBA centers who get benched after eight minutes are Alex Lynn and Dwayne Deadman. Thank you. Thank you, Adam. There you go. <laughs> All right. I think that does it. Uh, anything else that we should cover here, Dave? That's going to be about it. Again, all those deep league pickups, and I'll touch on them, plus rank them all in the waiver column. It's getting very thin. Um, also, it looks like Damian Harris suffered a hamstring injury on Monday Night Football. We've already seen Ramondre Stevenson deliver as the overall RB2, the one spot start he got in place of Damian Harris. I doubt he's available in your league, but that's going to be obviously the number one pickup if he is available. Oh, yeah. I, I, he can't be available, but if someone he's dropped probably not. But just in case, there's someone back. listening. If you're playing in, um, you know, just a Ramondre Stevenson only league, and he's available, then go ahead, grab him right now. It's worth searching for. Yeah, he's not going to be there, but you should search his name anyway. Uh, all <laughs> right, make sure to, to live that waiver wire high. Pretend like it's week four yeah, all over again. Just for that one second, where you yeah. where you think it might be available, uh, go ahead and do it. All right, we're going to get out of here. Make sure to check out Daigle's article. He's got all the additional context that you need to make your waiver wire pickups for week fourteen. Go get the playoffs. Go win a championship. We'll see you next week. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. 
Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.